This podcast is sponsored by Active Skin Repair, a skin health company helping people heal with natural, non-toxic, medical-grade ingredients. Active Skin Repair uses a molecule called hypochlorous acid, which mimics our natural immune response to cleanse, soothe irritation, reduce inflammation, and support healing. We've been loving Active Skin Repair for all the cuts and scrapes that show up in the active toddler life. Sage loves that there's both the spray version, but also a cream version. He likes to get to choose which one he's going to do. He calls it the magic cream. And it's been so great for taking care of Mila's neck rash now that she's full on teething. Can we get a minute for a teething three and a half month old? What in the world? Active Skin Repair has thousands of five-star reviews and the ingredients so safe and clean, they can be used from the youngest member of the family to the oldest. Keeping it simple with one soothing solution for all your family's skin health needs. Visit www.activeskinrepair.com to learn more about Active Skin Repair and to get 20% off your order, use code VILLAGE. That's www.activeskinrepair.com, code VILLAGE, for 20% off your order. You're listening to Voices of Your Village. This is episode number 69. This week, we're diving into mom guilt. Yep, this one is gender-specific, because when I put the call out to you guys about who's feeling guilty, what are you feeling guilty about, uh, slash everybody who reached out to me saying we need this episode, there's a mom. And it's been really interesting for me. I've talked to a bunch of dads in preparing for this episode, and there seems to be a big gender difference for this one. So I got to hang out with my friend Kristen. You might know her as Old Joy on Instagram. I followed her for a while, and she's just such a sweet human. It was such a treat to get to interview her. She is a stay-at-home mama to four, and she'll tell you more about her journey and her story. But we chatted about what is mom guilt and why is it happening and what do we do about it? How do we how do we best navigate it? Um, what are some tips and tricks kind of along the way? After tuning in, come check us out over on Instagram. We're going to have a conversation going all about this episode and how, how you feel about it. You guys really requested this one and I wouldn't be shocked if we have some feelings about it afterwards. So let's keep this conversation going. I think it's an important one for us to be having. Come on over, seed.and.so, S-E-W. All right, guys, let's dive into this heavy topic. Welcome to Voices of Your Village, a place where parents, caregivers, teachers, and experts come to support one another on this wild ride of raising tiny humans. We combine decades of experience with the latest research to create the modern parenting village. Let's dive into honest conversation about real parenting challenges so it doesn't have to be this hard. I'm your host, sleep consultant, child development specialist, and passionate feminist, Alyssa Blass Campbell. Welcome to Voices of Your Village. Today, I'm here with Kristen to have a real chat about mom guilt. Hot topic. Hi, Kristen. Hi. How are you? Good. How are you? I'm doing well, thanks. Can you start us off by t- sharing a little bit about like who you are and who's in your family? Okay, so it's me and my husband, Eric. Uh, I have 11-year-old Eleanor and then five-year-old Wolfgang, three-year-old Rufus, and 18-month-old Agnes. And I am a stay-at-home homeschooling mom. Awesome. Have you always been a stay-at-home mom? No. So I worked full-time until Eleanor was five. Okay. Yeah. So then we started homeschooling. I quit work and then jumped right into homeschooling basically. And then a little break in between, she went to public school for a bit, but now we're back, back to it. But I, I still stayed at home even when she went uh, to school. What led to her like making that shift? Was that initiated by you or by her? Well, I don't, well, we homeschooled for two years and I don't know. I was just really worried that I was like, sort of, I mean, this is a good question. Like just about the guilt too, because I always felt kind of guilty. Like I wasn't homeschooled. I didn't know anyone who, who was homeschooled. So I was like, is this the right thing to do? You know what I mean? Like I was worried I was doing 
the wrong thing, I guess. And then um, we and we moved to a different area. And then I'm like, well, with this move, why don't we just try school? And then she went to school for two years. So second and third grade. And then she just asked to be homeschooled again. So I'm like, yeah, let's go back to it. And we love it. It just, we just, we just tried both ways, I guess. And we like homeschooling. So. Yeah, that's awesome. Do you, I like that you have both the perspective of uh, having been a working mom and now being a stay at home mom. Cause a lot of, I got questions. It's so wild, right? That like there's guilt on every end of this. Yeah. <laughs> no matter where you're falling, everyone's feeling guilty about it. Yeah, and for sure. So I got guilt about like, I'm a working parent and I, so I already feel guilty about being a working parent that I'm away from my kiddos. And then how do I justify, put that in quotations, that's how it came through, taking time to either take care of myself or go on a date or have more time away from this kid. Right. Well, when I worked, she preferred my mom. Mm-hmm. over me because my mom I mean she she didn't work at the time and she just helped out and she was the one that watched her and she became really close to my mom and like wouldn't want to go home and things like that and that was like devastating even though I was so thankful to have my mom it was still just like so hard to be in that situation where she didn't really choose me every time you know what I mean yeah how'd you navigate that I mean I quit my job <laughs> no that's dramatic I mean I don't know I mean like I said I was thankful for it but I don't know it was hard to navigate because it wasn't like it was like a family member so it's like you don't want to change it so they're not close to them you know what I mean so it's hard it was just really hard and plus I had a commute of um, an hour to work and an hour back from work so I was gone a long time during the day And so it was, I mean, inevitable, really. Yeah. Have you noticed a change at all from like working versus being at home? Or do you, do you also feel like on both ends of that spectrum, there's guilt in both places? Yeah, there's guilt in both places for sure. Yeah. I mean, like even now, or even if I think about sometimes I'm like, oh, one day I'm going to go back to work. And like, that makes me feel happy. Like the thought of that, like going into the world every day and not being at home, like that can make you feel guilty too, because, oh, why do I feel that way? Even though it's nothing obviously against them, it's more like you wanting a little freedom, which can make you feel guilty too. Right. (laughs) So well, (laughs) (laughs) all the things, does Eric share any of this as well? Or do you feel like it really has fallen more on you there? that feeling of guilt specifically? I mean, I don't think he feels guilty about stuff. I feel like he's just so much more logical than I am. Like he doesn't overthink situations like I do. He's just like, whatever, like we're just, we're just living life to him. You know what I mean? Like we're living life. We're doing what we have to do. Like you don't need to be feel, feel guilty about living your life the best you can. You know what I mean? Like he doesn't overthink it. Like, I mean, I've laid in bed with him. I mean, like, like a lot of nights where I'm just like, do you think this? Do you think this? Should we do this? Should we do this? And he's just always like, I think it's just overthinking it, babe. And it's like, that's like <laughs> what I do. Yeah. I think that's so many specifically women. Yeah. I think we're really good at overanalyzing the situation so that like we almost create the guilt that doesn't yeah. have to exist. Or we create scenarios that aren't there. Or, you know what I mean? Like, sort of catastrophize just, like, things that we should just be chill about, maybe. Yeah, for it's, sure. tough. <laughs> it's so tough. It, 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 was, it was, so I put this question out, and I was like, all right, folks. Like, everyone kept asking for an episode on just discussing this topic and having a more, like, honest conversation about, is everybody feeling this? Is it just me? I don't have a space I can talk about it. And so I was like, all right, what are you feeling guilty about? And this list, Kristen, I kid you not, it goes, it's all over the map here, right? It's like, I am responding to my kids every cry because I don't want to hear them cry and I feel guilty about that. Or I let them cry too long or I fed them only organic food and what if they are then exposed to something else that their body doesn't know how to handle to like, it hasn't been organic enough or whatever. Right, oh yeah. 
And I think like, as I read through it, I was like, we could go through all these, but at the end of the day, I think what really matters is that we figure out like, how do we navigate the self-awareness when it's starting to happen? And you're like, oh, I'm feeling guilty about anything mom related. How do we start that like self-awareness piece so that we don't end up in this like anxious, guilty place? What has along this line, like what have you found the most helpful in terms of like starting to, I guess, identify those things before you're like, oh my God, I'm so anxious about this. And it all started from this thing that I create that scenario you created, right? Or the like guilt that you kind of created for yourself there. I mean, I don't even know. I think like for me, like I try to remember like times when I know that my kids were thriving or just like small like things that happen like small moments where I'm like you know no Kristen they're fine they're happy they're loving children you know you know stop worrying about it because I'll do that especially at night I'll just be concerned about one child like oh I wonder whether you know having struggling in this area or and then I'm like no don't focus on that focus on what they're thriving in or focus on how you can get over or you know help them through that instead of focusing on why it's wrong or why you think Mm -hmm. it's wrong or why you know what I mean like try and find the positive instead of the negative because it's so easy to focus on the negative And, and Eric my husband has helped me so much like just being a mom in that respect because he focuses on the positive almost with everything. And I've always been a basically a negative person my whole life. So when I became a mom, it's sort of just like spilled over in that, like the guilt is, you know, magnified because I'm just was kind of a negative person. So he's really helped me like, don't focus on the negative, focus on the positive, like, okay, maybe you feel guilty about this. But do you need to feel guilty about this? Like dissect it and just like find all the positive in it. Like, no, everybody's fine. Does that make sense? That makes total sense. No, I think that makes total sense. I think it's like confirmation bias, right? Like we're going to find whatever we're looking for. And if we focus on those negative things at the end of the day, day in and day out, like we're always going to be able to find them because nobody's perfect and perfection isn't real. For sure. But if you're looking for that positive or you are looking at it in like the how, as you were saying, rather than the like, why is this happening? But how do I support them through this? Mm -hmm. Just like reframing that I think is really powerful. I love that. Yeah. And can, sorry, can I just add? Yeah, please. (laughs) I think a lot of mom guilt comes from also just like what we take in, like as far as like, Um, social media for example is just this can be this beautiful wonderful community but also comparing like your parenting style and things like that can be sort of dangerous so I think you also just have to just constantly build up your own confidence and self-esteem as a parent like just because you don't do something like another mom does doesn't mean you're doing it wrong like that feels huge to me sometimes you know yeah, I think that that's amazing because also what's right for you isn't going to be what's right for your sister, your friend, or like the random person on the internet you're following yeah. and figuring out like what is right for you or your family, I think is so powerful. I think also like, I guess in that same vein that it can evolve, right? Like what, so like my, my sister-in-law right now is a stay-at-home parent to two kiddos. And she was like, yeah, every year we just evaluate, like, do we still enjoy homeschooling? Are they thriving? Do we love this? And next year it might not be that way. Like every year we're just going to evaluate this again and see like, is everyone still happy and thriving? And if not, maybe we make a change but that you don't have to, it doesn't have to be like, oh, I'm an attachment parent or whatever. And so I'm doing yeah. the thing always. Yeah, no, I like that. Like you don't have to give yourself or your parenting style, like some sort of label, like, no, we're just going to do what's best for us every single day. And that can change and evolve. And yeah, you just sort of evaluate it all the time. I mean, that's what we do with homeschooling. And that's what I tell people who are, who want to homeschool, you know, you have to take it one year at a time. But you have to take being a mom, um, not one year, but one day, one second at a time. You know, you just do what you feel is best 
every single moment of every day. Yeah. I love that. I love it so much. And there isn't like an expectation. The world doesn't have an expectation of what you're going to be as a mom in terms of like whether or not you're going to work, how much time you're going to spend with those kids, what food you're going to give them, where they're going to sleep. Like no one else is thinking about what that's going to look like for you as much as you are. Yes. Yes. For sure. Like you have to remind, I remind myself of that quite often. Like, Like you're the only person focused on this. Like your kids are fine. They're not thinking about this stuff. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like you're the only one. That's a, that's just such a good thing. Like it helps me chill sometimes. Like Krista, nobody cares about you. <laughs> <laughs> right. It's so true though. It's so true. My mom, I was sharing with you, she was a stay-at-home mom for 18 years. My brothers are 13 years apart, the oldest and the youngest. And she was home until my youngest brother was five. And so it was 18 total years. And she, I like have these vivid memories of her, like sitting on the couch with her eyes closed. And like, you just knew when mom's eyes were closed, you like weren't allowed to talk to her. (laughs) (laughs) It was like her self-preservation. It was her. She would just say like, I'm going to rest my eyes. And you just knew like the house would have to be on fire to interrupt her, like closing her eyes. That's so my mom, that's why I'm laughing. My mom, that was what she used to say. I just need to rest my eyes. She used to say that all the time. Yeah, right. But it worked. And like, good for them. Yeah. And now I think we've gotten into this place where it's like, are we engaging our kids all the time? Or are we always like doing we want to be doing all the things for them? I think it's coming from this place of like wanting to be enough for them and, and do enough. And I think a lot of the times in doing this, we don't take care of ourselves, like resting our eyes, like taking care of ourselves, I don't think has to be like a mani-pedi or whatever. You don't have to spend money on it. You can be closing your eyes. Yeah. And telling your kids to ignore you for a little bit. Yeah. So what I, can I share what I do? Yeah. So um, a friend of mine actually suggested it. So we eat breakfast together. We dinner together at the table. And she said at lunchtime, she feeds her kids lunch and then she makes her lunch and she sits in a corner and she eats her lunch guilt-free all by herself. So it's like 20 minutes of just eating your lunch, doing whatever you want, collecting your thoughts. And I've been doing that. And I've just been amazed. I just like how effective that's been just small things. I mean, just a few minutes, like, like you said, it doesn't have to be a mani petty, just finding like sort of pockets of time throughout the day where you can sort of reset, even if you're just at home, like it's, it can be really effective. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Being back to work after maternity leave has been so good and frankly, so hard. I love what I do and I missed collaborating with my team while I was out and it's been a tough transition. The combination of a packed schedule and still being the milk machine for me, Labine, it's hard to juggle everything. I feel so grateful for my weekly therapy hour. Sometimes I'm just holding so much and I need a safe space to let it out and get it off my chest. I've noticed that when I don't release it, it comes out anyway, but usually in ways that aren't aligned with how I want to show up in the world. BetterHelp is such a convenient, flexible option for parents who just can't take the travel time to get to an in-person therapy visit. It's entirely online. You can show up in your jammies, always a win in my book, and you can switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and you're on your way to feeling heard. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash voices today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P.com slash voices. Hormone Harmony is an all-in-one hormonal balancing solution for women of all ages. Happy Mammoth, the company that created Hormone Harmony, is dedicated to making women's lives easier. And that means using only science-backed ingredients that have been proven to work for women. They make no compromise when it comes to quality, and it shows. Hormone Harmony contains science-backed herbal extracts called adaptogens. Now here's the beauty about adaptogens. They help the body adapt to any stressors, like chaotic hormone changes that happen naturally throughout a woman's life. Hormone Harmony is perfect for those horrible menopause symptoms that put your life on hold, like hot flashes and night sweats, racing thoughts and low moods, poor sleep and feeling tired all the time, occasional bloating and gas. Yeah, 
Hormone harmony can help with all these things. And the biggest benefit, feeling like yourself again. That's what women mention over and over in their reviews. And there are over 17,000 reviews for Hormone Harmony. For a limited time, you can get 15% off your entire first order at happymammoth.com. Just use the code VILLAGE at checkout. That's happymammoth.com and use the code VILLAGE for 15% off today. Yeah, I think that's amazing. I have, uh, I run these, I have a platform called Tiny Humans, Big Emotions, like a membership platform. And I do different um, live workshops every month on it. And this one was on parenting with anxiety. And so I was like guiding folks through, we're talking about what anxiety is, all that jazz and like how we can learn to build a toolbox for regulating our emotions so that we can respond and react all this jazz. And I asked, I gave them like a homework assignment essentially to do over the course of two weeks. And it was all little things like this, right? Like finding that 20 minutes in the day, or sometimes it's one minute or it's like peeing without a kid on your body or whatever. And uh, just this morning I had somebody who messaged me who was like, oh my gosh, like it's crazy in two weeks time. I, the like difference that it's made from these little, little moments. And she, and she mentioned guilt here where she was like, not only am I not feeling like getting to the point of like, oh my gosh, I'm totally anxious now. She's like, I'm starting to feel it build before I'm there. She's like, but I don't feel guilty for taking time to take care of myself because I'm seeing the result in my parenting. Right. Yeah, for sure. Kids take time. Dads take time. They're not thinking about it. I mean, think about a kid like off in their own little world playing Legos. They're having a little quiet time there. Like everyone's allowed to have quiet time. It's nothing to feel bad about. Like you're allowed to get lost in your own and your head and just do your own thing for a few minutes at a time. It's healthy for people. Exactly. And I think that's exactly it. It is healthy for people. And I think it's healthy for us to model. Like I think like what do I want these kids to see or what do I want them to do for themselves when they grow up? And like, I do want them to rest their eyes or to eat lunch by themselves if they need to, or to pee alone if they need to, whatever. And I think like we have to get to a place where we can recognize this helps me show up as the person I want to be in the world. And that like, that can be a key to us not feeling guilty about doing it. If we know this is how I best show up in the world. Yeah, absolutely. I think that's how dads do it. I think they're just like, yeah, I need, I had a tiny Humans big emotions before it was an online platform was an in-person like parent support group. And I had like one that was couples. And so couples would come together and I, uh, they did an exercise and mom shared like what she wishes her like ideal week would look like um, in terms of taking care of herself, showing up for her family, whatever, if she wanted to work, yada, yada. And then dad laid his out and dad laid his out. And it was what his week looks like. Like that was his, yeah. world. like he, he was in a soccer league on Wednesday nights. He's doing it like in his dream world and his real world, like whatever. Oh yeah. And, <laughs> and mom's real world and dream world were different. And the thing that was left out of them was taking care of herself and doing things for herself. And she had said, she's like, well, I know that uh, nighttime, like doing bedtime and bath and all that is really hard to do solo. And so I don't want to put that on him to do because I know it's really hard to do. Yeah. And he just turned and was like, I'm happy to do it. Like she had never, she solved the problem without even talking to him. So in, in solving the problem meant like not taking care of herself. Yeah. And I think we do this so much as women and dudes aren't doing it and cheers to them. Like, I don't want them to start doing it. I just want us to stop and to be able to right. not have to be the problem solver for them. Yeah. But that's, I mean, and that's kind of uncomfortable to put like all the, you know, mom, dad, like yeah. every dynamic is mom, dad, right. but, or, I mean, there's a lot of single dads out there too, but in my situation, it's yeah. like, Right. They don't think about things, but they don't have to go through the process of scheduling sort of like we do either. It's like, you know, you know, he has this going on, like he's going to do it. I mean, he has this going on. It's on the schedule. He's doing it. But if like, if it's like something for me, like I always think like, okay, I'm going to do this if everything's going okay. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It's always like, well, what? there's always a chance in my mind, but it's maybe not going to happen you know? Yeah. And like, that's just the way it is. 
and it's not his fault either it's just like what we do or what I do yeah and I think it's so, so common I actually so I used to teach um child care and I taught infant toddler for a while and I had a family who when they on Monday when they dropped their kiddo off they would write at the top of every day the letter uh the first letter of the parent's name who was like on call that day because research has shown that that when kids are in childcare if even if we have two working full-time parents if it's a hetero relationship we'll almost always call mom if a kid is sick or something happens or whatever like she's the point person yeah no matter what and so this couple had just divvied it up and one of the parents worked full time and one didn't. And still they divvied it up of like, this is the person who's on call this day. Like they have a busier day or the, and, and it wasn't always the same. It's not like Monday, Wednesday, Friday, it was this person. They sat down on Sundays and looked at their week and said, all right, what do these days look like for you? Who could be the point person on which days? And I love the crap out of that. Yeah, that's awesome. Partners in it. Yeah, so cool. It's like meal planning your life. Yeah. (laughs) It's awesome. Healthcare planning. And every time you do it, every like anytime you meal plan or anytime you plan ahead, things typically seem to go smoother and a lot less, you know, stress-free. So that's awesome. Yeah, so, so cool. If you're loving this podcast, then you would love our Tiny Humans Big Emotions membership. Every month I go live on a different topic in emotional development so you can ask your questions in real time. Then I give you bonus tools for implementing it. And as if that wasn't already jazzy enough, we do a Q&A two weeks later so that you can come back and share what's going well and ask questions about things that you want some more support on. I get to guide you through implementing these approaches in real time so that we can raise emotionally intelligent humans together. The coolest part, you can have all of this for less than $15 a month, less than 50 cents a day, friends. Head on over to tinyhumansbigemotions.com to join us for our next live workshop. How do you navigate or do you have any like hard feelings about have like not having enough one-to-one time with kiddos or do you feel like you get that with them? Um, Eric and I try really hard to keep up with that. I mean, we're, we're, I would say that we're pretty good at that. And there's just some things that, you know, Eric's um, Wolfgang's baseball coach. Mm-hmm. So like they go to practices together. He'll take him out for a popsicle after things like that. And so that's like their little one-on-one thing. I take Eleanor to her dance classes, run her around, things like that. And we homeschool, which is a lot of one-on-one. So we sort of get that. Um, our biggest struggle right now that we actually talked about a couple nights ago was um, little Rufus. You know, we're like... He's just sort of, he's like the classic middle, he's the third kid out of four, but he's like the classic middle child where you're just constantly trying to like, you know, what can we, what can we do for this kid? You know, we need to make mm-hmm. him feel special. And, and he's at an age where he's not quite old enough to sort of join certain things yet. So, you know, we've been doing things like just going to the store with him one-on-one or the library one-on-one. And Agnes gets a lot of one-on-one because she nurses and she stays up all night. So <laughs> she does rage. <laughs> yeah. she, she's but like, yeah. oh, I'll find, I'll find my one-on-one time, mom. Don't oh, yeah. worry. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's yeah. funny. <laughs> it's a lot of the questions or things that people came in about were about like taking that time. And I feel like we covered that really well. How do you, how have you navigated the feelings around like going from working and providing an income for the family versus not bringing in money for the family? Okay. So this is actually real, a tough one for me because, you know, as soon as I got my driver's license, I worked, I always had a job until I quit working when I was five. So it was just like, you know, when you always work and then you go, to not having any income at all, it's really hard to sort of make that switch because even now I still ask permission before I spend any money at all. Like, and it's, that's not necessarily because he asks me of that. I mean, he doesn't, you know, but I always feel like I have to, like, I don't know. I'm just now really kind of getting to the point where like, I don't feel guilty about going out 
for ice cream or coffee or whatever, but it was, it's been a big adjustment for me. I still won't, you know, really do any like purchases, big purchases for myself unless I sort of talk it over with him. Um, first, I don't know. It's kind of been a tough one for me. Yeah. I think that's fair. I, I, I control the finances in our family. Like I'm a numbers person. I love spreadsheets and whatever. And, uh, Zach, when we were like first dating, like very early on in dating, like sends me this detailed email. He wanted to buy like a cold brew thing. And it was like all the things and like all the steps, what it would cost, what we spend on coffee a week, like how, at what point it would offset anyway, all this jazz. And I expected to like open it up and have it be like, hundreds of dollars. Yeah. <laughs> and I like click on the link. It's like 50 bucks. Yeah. And I was like, okay. So from here on out, like if it's 50 bucks, Zach, go ahead. Like this yeah. is just, this is, this is fine. But for the first five years of our life, he was in grad school full time. Um, and he worked full time, but he like didn't bring in a, I wouldn't say like a full, like salaried income. And cause he was going to grad school full time as well. And so uh, I think he also like just always felt like, oh, well, like it wasn't 50-50 by any means. And so he didn't know, like, what can I spend? And I just had to like set this thing of like, yeah, I don't think we'll ever be at a place where like we both make the same amount of money and this right. is happening. And like, this is just life, man. Like, this is life. And, and, and like he comes from more money and like, his grandma died and we got some money. Like that's never going to happen in my family. Like, right. Like there are going to be different things in different uh, scenarios. And so for me, I feel like there's also um, a greater, not just financial value, but like social emotional development value to you doing whatever's best for your family, whether that's you staying at home and adding that to the family. I have a friend who she, uh, her job was eliminated like a year and a half ago. She was looking for other jobs and then ultimately realized like her partner works a really intense job and has gone a lot like nighttime things and travel and stuff like that. And her kids are in school. And she was like, I just realized like me running what she now calls magic house. Um, she's like, I, me like running the house added more value than the money we had been bringing in before when I was working. Yeah. Like, when they were both working, she was like, we were outsourcing our groceries and like spending more for me to work. And everybody was more stressed. And she was like, we have enough for me to not work. It changes how they live. She's not ordering our groceries anymore and whatever. She's like, but we like, this adds more value. And so I think part of it is like figuring out what is that? Like, what does that look like for your family? Because I don't think it's all financial. Like if you being home, taking care of the kids adds more value than it would financially if you were at a job where you were getting paid, like that isn't nothing. I think that's everything. Yeah, for sure. And I mean, I don't want to sound, I mean, I earn my, what I get. (laughs) Yeah, for sure. (laughs) Like I know that I do. It's just, you know, so kind of, um, I mean, awkward, I guess you would say. Um, but yeah, and we've, talked about you know just like hypothetical scenarios like okay so my mom does work full-time now so we would we would have to use a daycare or something and we'd be spending more on daycare anyways than with four kids or whatever and latch key or whatever then it wouldn't even be worth it I mean everything I would make will go into that right you know what I mean but yeah and you do have to make certain sacrifices like the van that I drive is a hand-me-down from his parents like you know what I mean? Like we do, we can't do like home renovations and things like that. And, and but that's okay. Like I, it's, it is worth it. Like maybe I'll have a new car someday, but I don't need it now. You know what yeah, I mean? Totally. Totally. So. And I think like if what bring, if all of a sudden you were like, this isn't bringing me joy anymore. And even if my paychecks are going to pay for childcare, like it's worth it for my mental health for me to go to work and not do this all day. Like that's valid too. I think it's just yeah, sure. whatever, whatever brings you joy. I'm Margaret. And I'm Amy. And together we host the podcast, What Fresh Hell? Laughing in the Face of Motherhood. Margaret, I would say you're sort of a where are my keys kind of mom. Correct. Sometimes a where are my kids kind of mom. <laughs> 
Well, you're aiming more of a, we were supposed to leave 35 seconds ago, Mom. I mean, touche. In each episode of What Fresh Hell, we come at a topic from our usually completely opposite perspectives. I bring the research. And I bring kind of the gimlet eye. Like, is that research really going to work, people? And almost 10 million downloads later, we're still laughing. We also talk to experts in the parenting field, plus parents with stories we can all learn from. We make each other laugh, we challenge each other's assumptions, and we have what we think is the best parenting community on the internet. Check out What Fresh Hell? Laughing in the Face of Motherhood wherever you listen to podcasts. No one told us the truth about parenthood. Why? This is the podcast everyone needed before they had kids because now that those little ones are here, there is a lot to unpack. I'm Rachel Shepardota, and I am your host for the podcast, No One Told Us, where we tell the truth about parenting and let you in on all the stuff you really should have known about before having kids. I am the founder of Hey Sleepy Baby, but this podcast is so much more than sleep. We'll be diving into all the topics that you really care about and need to know while you do your best job raising those adorable, tidy humans. Our goal is to just make you feel less alone and less overwhelmed. There are so many things that no one tells us before becoming a parent, and I think that we should really pull back the curtain on becoming a first-time or second-time mom or dad to share the good, the bad, and the ugly. We'll have a little education, a little fun, and a whole lot of heart that goes into each and every episode. So join me and our amazing guests each week to hear us talk about what no one told us. Yeah, and I actually had thought about that. I was like, Maybe sometime, you know, when the kids are a little bit older, if I just went and got a job like two days a week or something just to sort of give me my own thing. Like, I think I will eventually, I mean, I know that I will do that. I mean, I know myself, like I know when the kids get more and more older independent, I know that I'll go out and find something to do. Like I I just will. Yeah. Yeah. And I think like making space for that, whatever it is to be okay. Yeah. Ooh, this was a big one. And for sure, this happens whether you have one kid or 18 kids. But I, she said, I feel guilty for not knowing what they need all the time. I'm their mom. I'm supposed to know. Yeah. I think this gets harder, too, with um, – I always imagine it being really hard with toddlers because they can't talk. Um, and you can't really always understand, especially during an emotional time, like if they're, you know, what a tantrum or whatever you want to call it. Um, that's hard to know. But then I feel like as my kids get older, especially having an 11 year old now, I really don't know what they need. Like I was so, I'm I was surprised at how much harder it's getting because they, you know, they will talk to you, you know, she will talk to me and communicate with me the best um, that she can, but she's also going through her own emotions and her own hormones. And she doesn't always know what she needs, you know? So it's hard, like, it's kind of been hard to navigate and we just try and just love her and support her and hug her and try and get through it. But sometimes you're just sort of left like, huh, like we just talked for an hour and I don't know if we got to the bottom (laughs) of it. (laughs) That's so true. I interviewed my mom and she said the hardest for her was teenage years. Um, For that, like, she was like, I didn't know like how to best support you. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, I think like every age and stage comes with its pluses and challenges and it'll look different for everybody. But I also think like, again, back to like the mom piece, I'm going to get gendered here, but I think that this is a societal challenge for us that we will, that baby cries from infancy. We're like, oh, I think she wants her mom or maybe she wants to be fed or maybe she will. We consistently put it on like mom, solve this problem, figure out what she needs. And we don't do, we're not like here, dad, figure out what she needs. Well, we do it specifically to mom, especially breastfeeding parents, I think. Yeah. Um, Well, and because we, you know, you're just, a lot of it's biological too. You know, you grew them, you can feed them, you know, and nursing. I mean, when, when I worked with Eleanor, you know, I pumped like three times a night at work but I didn't give her most of her milk because it was all in bottle form. So it was like, you could sort of, I mean, I don't want to say put it on someone feeding a baby, but um, you know, but once I strictly breastfed the other three, I mean, Eric's never bottle fed our other three. Mm -hmm. He's never been able to help that way. So it is kind of put on 
on you. And that's another thing too that I have guilt about. Like, feel guilty that he's never fed them. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, he's of never course. Fed them. Is that okay? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. You will always find a way to yeah. be like, what's the other side of this? Right. Uh, no, but I think also like, I don't know. I guess like you. you being their mom doesn't mean you're supposed to know what they're feeling and what they need every second of the day. And that's okay. I don't think anybody does. Yeah. And sometimes, I mean, maybe it's none of our business either. You know what I mean? Sometimes we are, we have a right to have our own feelings and work it out on our own. I mean, I, even now as a grown up, you know, like Eric will try to help me through a, whatever, an emotional time. And sometimes it's just like, I'm just going to sort it out my own way you know what I mean I'm just going to take my little moment and then I'll be okay like we found that a lot with the boys um just like if they're having you know a little bit of a a tantrum or emotional spouts or whatever we'll just give them a hug tell them we love them and then they just need a minute Mm -hmm. like I don't need to figure it out like they can work it out you know Mm -hmm. Yeah, I had a mom in Tiny Humans and Big Emotions who had a kiddo who came to, she was two, and she was like, I'm frustrated and don't talk to me. And I was like, that's amazing. (laughs) (laughs) That's amazing that like she knows, A, she's frustrated, and B, she was like, don't talk to me. (laughs) Yeah. Like, that's great. I had a kiddo when I taught preschool who um, would call himself an astronaut when he wanted space. He'd say, I need to be an astronaut. Oh, I love that. So cute. And we like created a little space for him, like his little spaceship where he could go. And uh, yeah, I I think that's such a good point that like sometimes it's none of our business or us trying to, I think sometimes we think we're trying to solve the problem, but really we're, we're trying to make them stop crying because it's annoying and uncomfortable. And it's bothering us. Yeah. Yeah. It's an inconvenience. Yeah. And also that's valid. It is annoying and uncomfortable and an inconvenience a lot of the time and making them stop expressing doesn't mean we've made them stop feeling or helped them process necessarily. Right. Yeah. Sometimes we just got to let it out. Um, How was it for you having kiddos who were farther apart in age? I mean, Eleanor flew solo for a good chunk of five, six years and then having kiddos closer in age, like, did you have, I guess, hard feelings with like Wolfgang and Rufus or now with Agnes of like, oh, they're only whatever age. And now I have another kiddo who's younger. Was that, how was that? I mean, I'm just busy. (laughs) Like when it was Wolf, when it was Eleanor and then Wolfgang was a newborn. I mean, I don't want to say that it was a breeze, but looking back on it, it was a breeze. You know what I mean? I'm just like, wow, having an older kid and a newborn, that was, that wasn't too bad, you know? But then when you have like, I'm so close together like that, like, it's like, it's busy, really busy. I, that was like a common thing that I got from people who were like, oh, I feel like I didn't give this kiddo enough time with just me because they're 20 months apart or whatever. But I don't think there's any age where you feel like, all right, I've, given them as much time solo and now we'll have another and it's perfect timing. Yeah. I don't know. I think like you, like you said, you just find a way with every situation, you know, like it wouldn't matter like how far apart they were or at the end of the day, you would still just be like, okay, am I able to, to do this? Give it my all, you know, like that's just the way it is. Yeah. 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 In my, in the episode with my mom, I told the story, but it's like still just like, is so her where my aunt said she like walked into the room and my mom, she had kiddos 18 months apart. The first two were, and then she had another, my uh, third brother is two years after that. So she had like a four-year-old, a two-year-old and a newborn. And there's like a pile of laundry on the floor that one kid's playing and another kid's like crawling on the couch behind her. And she's sitting on the couch breastfeeding my um, brother, Andrew. And my aunt walks in and my aunt's like, doesn't have kids yet. And for her, this is just like full chaos happening. And yeah, circus. Like, yeah. <laughs> and my mom's just like calmly feeding while the other two are being a two and a four-year-old in all their forms. And my aunt was just like, how are you calm? And she was like, this is my life. Like, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> this is just my life. And, and not only is it her life, like it's my brother's lives too. Like, when you're a kid and whether you're 20 months or you're four and a half or you're six or you're eight, you're 11 and you get your sibling 
that's what you know to be true. Like you don't know there was another option. Right. Yeah. Does and that make sense? So, yeah. No, but when I just imagined what you said, all that whole scenario, and it's just so beautiful. <laughs> it really is though. You know what I mean? Like when someone comes over to my house and, and for a moment I think like, oh my gosh, we probably look insane and we are insane and who cares? Like, you know what I mean? Like it's such a beautiful thing to be a part of. Totally. Totally. Well, and I loved my mom. I asked her the question of like, you know, with the older kid, like Eric was 18 months when you had Brian, how was that? And she was like, yeah, Eric just learned how to be in our family. Like this was going to be what it was going to be like to be in our family. And it's always like for every kid at every stage, like we just learn how to be in a family. And I loved that answer. I love that. And that's going to look different for everybody. Yeah, sure. Well, I used to have a lot. I've just recently getting over the fact that with four kids homeschooling, my house isn't as clean as it used to be. Mm -hmm. Like my house is kind of gross sometimes. And when it was Eleanor, just Eleanor, or even just Eleanor and um, Wolfgang, like, oh my gosh, my house was so clean. I used to take house pictures on Instagram and stuff. And those days are long gone. (laughs) And I used to feel guilty about like, oh my gosh, the clean, you know, like, oh, my house used to be just, just reminiscing, you know, about the clean days. And then I'm like, but it's, but at the same time, like, I'm just making that up because really I love that it's not clean. Like I wouldn't change it either. You know Mm -hmm. what I mean? Yeah. Like I, like I love the mask. Like I love just like them putting their artwork wherever they want and their muddy boots all over the house. Like, I just love it. Like it's, it's life. Um, my friend actually sort of changed my perspective because she had came over and our house was gross. And, and I was like, I'm so sorry. And she was like, don't be sorry. You live here. And I loved that. I was like, yes, we live here. Like we live our life here. We love each other. Like, you know, like that was so profound to me. And I've just like held on to that so much. Yeah, I absolutely love that. That's amazing. And like, I don't know. I think like also we've just got to look at what we're putting on our to-do list. Like if you're putting clean the house on your to-do list, what isn't going to be on your to-do list? Because you're going to have to spend the energy cleaning the house that you would have spent doing something else. Right. And what is that trade-off going to be? Yeah. So um, I've been doing the reverse to-do list. Mm. This falls in really well with guilt too. Instead of like, which I like to do list too for homeschool, but sort of um, it's reverse. So instead of making your list at the beginning of the day, you make your list at the end of the day and you write down every little thing that you did empty the dishwasher, wiped a butt, changed out the lawn, like every, brushed my teeth, brushed their teeth. You know what I mean? The mm-hmm. emptied out the like, kitty litter. Like if you write down everything you did for the day, it's a massive list. And then you're like, I kick ass. Like, why do I feel so guilty? Look at this list. Like I am doing it. You know, that's been really helpful for me too. I love that. I love that so much. I had asked um, my mom, like, you know, we were reflecting on her time, like when we were little, whatever. And she said, she was like, the best days when I look back are the days where like, I forgot to make dinner because we were all still in our pajamas from that morning and just had like hung out all day long in different forms in different places. Yeah. And, and like your dad came home and was like, what's for dinner? And I was like, oh yeah, I don't, you forgot. Uh, yeah. <laughs> she's like, but those are the days. And she's like, and maybe I didn't brush my teeth those days. I definitely didn't yeah. shower. Like, and those are the days that when I look back, those are my favorite days. Yeah, for and, sure. My mom used to, I mean, I know there's a big thing with screen time now, but um, like one of my fondest memories is she had these little TV trays. Mm-hmm. And like, if she was just tired, didn't make dinner, she used to make these little English muffin pizzas and she'd put them on our TV trays and we would watch a movie. And it was just so casual and just so wonderful. You I know? love that. I love that. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. Whew. Man, I think like at the end of the day, we've all just got to kind of look, I guess, at what are, what do we actually care about? Yeah. Because it might not be that your house is clean and that's okay. Right. Yeah. I mean, we care about them and that's why guilt happens to begin with. (laughs) 
because we feel like we're not doing it. <laughs> yeah. Like I love them so much. I don't want to screw this up. I mean, that's what it's ultimately about. Yeah. Yeah, no, it's so true. Well, I haven't met a single parent that is screwing it up and I've not met a single parent who is perfect at it because yeah. neither of those are, right. are real. So sure. Yeah. Well, cheers. Thanks for just like opening this conversation up and being yeah, able to fun. continue to normalize it. Where can people follow along your messy household in real life living? Um, old Joy on Instagram. And that's all I have. I used to blog, but now I don't have time. For it. <laughs> <laughs> Which is okay. Maybe someday. Yeah, maybe someday. That's awesome. I am obsessed with Agnes and I really hope that she's like two and still trying to nap in that little like rocker yeah. thing. Oh yeah. It's been so cute to watch her body just like fully yeah, expand. She cannot in it. fit in it, but she <laughs> loves it. She just will like go and lay and just casually go in there and just climb up and then we'll just be like, oh we're usually <laughs> so cute or like half her body hanging off. <laughs> it's the cutest thing. It's been so awesome to follow. Thank you. Thank you Thank for having you. this conversation with me. Yeah, thanks for having me. It's awesome. Thanks for tuning in to Voices of Your Village. Check out the show notes for this episode and all past episodes at voicesofyourvillage.com. Did you know that we have a special community for all of you to be a part of so that we can all gather together to raise emotionally intelligent humans? Head on over to Facebook. Search Seed and Sow colon Voices of Your Village and dive into that Facebook group. We cannot wait to hang out with you and collaborate on raising these tiny humans. If you're digging this podcast, head on over to Apple Podcasts, scroll down, click those stars and leave a review. It really fills my heart to hear from all of you. Are you overwhelmed by the things that get in the way of you doing what you want to do? Are you looking for ways to simplify life to better align with your values? Do you want to create space in your schedule so you have room for more of the good stuff? Play, joy, relationships, gratitude, and more? If you answered yes to any of these questions, I invite you to check out Edit Your Life, a podcast to help you edit the unnecessary from your life so you have more room to enjoy the awesome. Through episodes with me, Christine Co., and a range of super smart, compassionate, and thoughtful guests, you'll come away with big picture insights and practical ways to declutter your home, schedule, and mental space without getting bogged down by perfection. I have always believed that small moments and actions matter tremendously. My goal is to help you find agency and space in your life through doable baby steps that will leave you feeling accomplished instead of overwhelmed. Check out Edit Your Life wherever you enjoy your podcasts.